step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Welcome to Off the Beaten Track, a podcast that highlights local racetracks, drivers, owners, and more. To join the show live, call 646-668-8461. That's 646-668-8461. And now, here's your host, they call him the NASCAR guy, Nate Webster. Welcome into this episode of Off the Beaten Track. Um, my guest tonight is a little delayed. His name is Jonathan Bird II. He's the president of Indianapolis Speedrome. And I'm waiting for him to call in on the air. In the meantime, I will go over a little bit about the Speedrome and the history of it. Um, in... Let's see here, hold on. Speedrome was opening April 1st to a new expansion um, by Jonathan Bird and Kevin Garrigus, the owner of um, the Speedrome. Let me read a little bit about their story. There have been more than more changes at the 76-year-old racetrack um, in the Indianapolis Speedrome in the last four months and in the last two decades. My guest is now with us on the air, uh, Jonathan Bird II. Welcome to Off the Beaten Track. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And uh, thanks. It's just amazing what's happening at the Speed Realm, and I really appreciate uh, Let me be able to talk to all your listeners about it. That's awesome, Jonathan. Um, so, again, um, the Indianapolis Speedrome has gone through major changes, uh, more changes in the last four months than it has in the last 20 years, all thanks to its new owner, Kevin Garrigus, and its new track president, my guest for tonight's show, Jonathan Burr II. Jonathan, let's start by talking about the history of the Speedrome, which is believed to be the oldest figure eight track in the country. Yep, that's correct, and... Uh... The Speedrome was built in 1941 as a uh, as a midget track, and then after the war, uh, you know, it, it was just getting ready to go into its second season, but the war broke out, World War II. So then, uh, going forward, uh, when the track reopened after the war, uh, the sport of figure eight racing was invented just a couple of years later, and so uh, the Speedrome figure eight racing is just a it's, it's a well huge. Uh, intertwined history with uh with uh with with racing and and uh, even back in those days there was also a lot of uh famous race car drivers who made their way to indianapolis who raced the speed around mario andretti aj Foyt, 
Tony Bettenhausen, and even into the, the, the more of the modern times, Daryl Waltrip drove from my father back in 1984. Uh, there was also a, uh, a, a Tony Stewart won his very first USAC race. Uh, Justin Allgaier, who just won the Xfinity race, uh, race at the speed drove for many years uh, as he was coming up the ranks as well. Uh, the kid who won the Daytona uh, truck race also was a speed drill competitor back in the, uh, back a few years ago as well. So it's just yeah. kind of history there, but, you know, when it's all said and done, what we're known for is our figure eight uh, cars, our late models who ride on the oval and the figure eight. Uh, they're unlimited horsepower machines cost between fifty, sixty thousand dollars a piece. And uh, they are just the most unique race cars in the world. They look like rocket ships and, uh, there's nothing like the World Figure Eight Championship each and every season uh, to cap off a, a fantastic year, a three-hour endurance race. It's the most unique race in the entire world. Mm-hmm. Now, I had mentioned in the beginning of the show, uh, just before you called in, that Kevin Garrigus had been involved in racing since his childhood, so this move to buy the Speedway and revamp it made a lot of sense, right? Yeah, you know, I think he was somebody who definitely didn't want to see the racetrack uh, fail. Um, the last three years uh, were kind of challenging with the ownership of the racetrack, and and uh, he had the opportunity, uh, having struck up a friendship with the previous owners, they approached him about buying the racetrack from them uh, during the uh, during the season last year. So. He had to, he uh, he was in the racing, of course, because uh, recently as a, as a car owner for his son, uh, but his son decided he didn't want to race anymore. Uh, but he, he was still running cars for a couple of the well-heeled drivers, the family members of the of the Speed Zone family, the Tunney right. family, and uh, yeah. his uh, his one driver, one of the Jesse Tunney won the the, the track championship for the third year in a row. And then his then uh, Jesse's younger brother Austin was the World Figure Eight champion this past year. So um, it was just basically Kevin Garrigus saved the speed drone from uh, from perhaps ruin. You know, I think that uh, without Kevin, uh, I don't think we, we we wouldn't we would definitely not have the enthusiasm that we have right now from the competitors, the fans, the supporters of the racetrack, and especially right. the close to half a million dollars in improvements that he's put in already. We've had such great weather here in Indiana uh, this past uh, winter, has, like across the whole country, that we probably fit two years of our three-year plan into this, this off season. So as we are just 11 or 12 days here for opening day, we have, uh, uh, we're going to be finishing those projects that we started and, and, uh, but we're, we're getting really close to being ready for opening day. That it's like the fans where we're going to have a $5 admission uh, for everybody, uh, all adults, and $2 for kids, 9 to 12, to welcome everybody back to the 76th season of racing at the Indianapolis Speedrome. Right. And um, the track improvements you guys plan look impressive. Added seating, a new sound system, remodeled bathrooms, the list goes on and on. What else in the store? What else is in store to draw fans to the Speedrome? Well, that's a great question, and, you know, when you talk about racetracks and uh, what what people are looking for, especially in your, in the entertainment side of the business and entertainment with, um, you know, just the, uh, a family entertainment, you know, you're expecting great food, clean concessions, clean restroom facilities, a uh, program that moves along really quickly. So 
those things were kind of missing the past few years at the speed drum. So those things are, go, are going to be improved. Um, I was the actually the track concessionaire uh, back in 2012 and 2013. So part of my job is to renovate and reinvigorate the concessions operations. So uh, very much well known that we didn't have long lines and we had great food, fast service, the best prices in town for any arena, a sporting a complex as well. And then, yeah. you know, our parking is free. Uh, the whole the brand new fencing that people, um, you know, that you, when you come to the speed drum, you see this bright red fence. We also have installed, we're installing right now, 570 stadium style seats that will be on our front stretch. And that's going to be really uh, a shock and all type of thing for the fans. I assume they'll be, <laughs> they'll be, They'll be running like the running of the bulls to get to those seats every night when the gates open to make sure they have real stadium style seats uh, to get to the front stretch. And of course uh, the new restroom facilities that we've done, every toilet in the place has been completely been torn out and replaced. A lot of the partitions, actual new facilities. um, And we've got led lighting and all the restrooms and they're brighter and clean. And we're going to have people, going through them each and every day, each and every hour uh, throughout the entire night. So that's always going to be great. We're going to have uh, clean crews picking up trash throughout the evening as well. And yeah. um, so and then when you see the racing itself, there's going to be a renewed emphasis on uh, the, the program moving along. What the speed room has always been well known for is that they always have a program that moves along. We've got America's sh- best short track crew to uh, keep the drivers safe and keep the racetrack cleaned up. Um, throughout the night, and with six different divisions, you've got to get everything done. And uh, we just made an announcement a couple of days ago that we are moving all of our April racing to six o'clock starts as well. Oh, so okay. we're just kind of getting trying to catch some of the warmer weather at the beginning of the night, and everybody have. And we should try to still move our program a three-hour window, and um, kind of have a promise that the figure eight's not going to start too late for all the kids to be able to stay up and watch the figure eight. Right. Now, your family, the Bird family, has quite a reputation in the hospitality and racing industries. The National Speedway Directory has even taken notice to your commitment to this track. You even promised same-day purses for all of your drivers. Is that correct? Yeah, well, our first uh, our first structure is uh, is very fair. It's really it's really great. And for the first time, I couldn't tell you how long if it's ever been the way we will actually pay the drivers who've earned money on the night at the end of the night. So it used to be a week long delay. Well, now we're going to be paying the drivers uh, and their teams uh, at the pay window each and every night. So that's, uh, that helps the drivers, you know, they don't have to wait a week to get their money. Uh, that help them come out to the racetrack as well. And along with, along with helping the helping uh, teams as well, which is something you've never heard of in Harley and short track racing is we actually lowered our pit price, uh, pit pass prices. It was 30, so 30, uh, $30 last year. It's $25 now to get in the pit. So we've kind of rolled back the pricing from four or five years ago to that. And then we lowered our ticket prices on our front stretch for our adults prices. 12, uh, we went from 12 to $10. We also added, and I'm sorry to kind of go back and forth with a couple of things. We actually added, a uh, a discount for senior citizens and for military and for first responders yeah. who they just have to show their ID to get that eight dollar admission as well. Uh, so uh-huh. you know, doing everything that we can get everybody to you know to come out to the racetrack, 
you know, between the drivers, the fans, and even get the new fans that's, uh, who either haven't come to the speed room in years or have never been to the speed room and haven't heard of us before. We're going right. to get those people and, and, you know, we're a racing town, but we should have, you know, two, 3,000 people a night. You know, that's a, that's a bad hockey crowd. That's a bad soccer crowd. But for, for a racetrack, that needs to be what we need to be aiming for. So that's, what, right. that's really a uh, – uh, my, my, my vision is for the Indianapolis Speed Home is to be like Bowman Gray Stadium. And Bowman Gray, yeah. if you're familiar with Bowman Gray out in Winston-Salem, you know, when they get 18,000 people every Saturday night, well, they've got a product that I believe is inferior to our product, even though it's as exciting and those people love it. We've got the figure eight, and we've got the most unique racing in the entire world. Now, Jonathan, there's um, something that I read about um, in a story when I was prepping for the show. Um, you want to be known um, as the type of track that um, is um, – in comparison to something called Victory, Victory, um, Victory Field, um, Victory, Victory yeah. Field, where the uh, Indians yeah. play. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you wanted so, to be uh, so, you wanted to be a track that compares to them. Yeah, and and Victory Field for those who aren't familiar, um, Indianapolis here where we're located has a triple-A baseball team that's been around for 100 or so years, and they moved into a new stadium downtown 20 years ago called Victory Field. And uh, for the past 20 years, it has been voted on uh, to be America's best minor league ballpark. And so, you know, baseball, it's a little bit of a different situation with, uh, with governments helping fund and all that sort of stuff. It's a beautiful facility, and the, the family who run the Indians organization, they do a fantastic job. And so, what I would like for us to be able to be like is that we're going to be like a minor league ballpark. We're just going to be happen to be playing race cards instead of baseball at our ballpark. And so people, right. when they come out, when they see the nice facility and the great concessions areas and the restroom facilities, and you just want to come out on a Saturday night, you know, if you, if you want to choose between baseball or racing, you know, the, the, the same type of atmosphere exists, the same type of you're coming out, you're coming out to have a good time. The pricing, our pricing is going to be better. Our concessions prices are going to be better. You don't have to pay the park like you do have to, when you have to go downtown, but you're going to have the same type of experience. The fan experience is, is very, very, very good as well as uh, the product on the field. And our field just happens to be a racetrack. And guys going around in circles aren't going around bases. They're going around marker tires. And they're also, instead of going around the bases every time, sometimes our drivers go from first to second to third, back to the second, and back to home, and first and third, and yeah, back and right. forth like exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So you were talking about the prices as you track. And um, many, pri- many tracks have to raise prices to cover the cost of expansion and upgrades. But you actually lowered your prices, and you touched on it earlier. Um, talk about the deals that you're going to offer fans of all ages and even those in uniform. Absolutely. I appreciate you bringing that up again because it's such an important thing for 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 people to understand and, and what we're looking at doing. And my, my, my owner, Kevin Garrigus, he, he's committed to this process. You know, he, he told me and gave me great comfort that, he wasn't planning on making any money the first three years. He knew that the investment that he had to make had to, you know, had to be done. 
and that he's expecting the long-term payoff uh, for for years to come. So, in in and and when I was growing up, I worked at our fa- our family's uh, restaurant called Jonathan Bird's Cafeteria, and I could always hear my dad saying to me and talking about when he did different specials and different uh, coupon ideas and different things that every two to three years, John, you got to buy the business back. You got to buy the business back, and what he meant was you got to do the things to get. You know, the people who kind of just went away from you, they forgot about you. And you do something crazy, something big, something incredible with the prices, uh, offers, specials, to get the people back in the doors so that when they do come back and you show them a fantastic, uh, you know, in the restaurant business, their food is great, your service is great, the cleanliness is there, then they'll come back to you when you're you're at full prices or something like that. So in much the same way, I believe our philosophy is the same, that, you know, we're trying to dive the business back as well. We're trying to get those people who haven't been to the Cedrome in years who thought that wasn't a good value. Well, we're giving them a great value now. You know, the opening night, no April Fool's Day, we're not fooling half-price admissions for adults, $5 to get in, $2 for kids. During the entire regular season, most of our – all of our regular season Saturday night races are going to be $10 to get in and – that's a fantastic price, of course, and we've actually raised our children's price. It used to be five and under or three. Well, now we're saying eight and under or three. Nine to yeah. twelve year olds now get to. We added actually added a year of the child's price, so that's yeah. also going to help a family of four to come out for maybe only thirty, twenty-five, twenty dollars, depending on the age of the kids to come out. Right. And then we've, like right. I told you about, in the in the pit, the pits, the pit prices, the competitors, those those in the uniform. They're going to pay a little bit less as well. Uh, we've lowered our prices for our tires. Uh, we want guys to be able – we're just trying to remove every excuse or every impediment for the, for the race car driver to come out because that's our product. We need those people that they spend their hard-earned money every, every week to come out and go racing. And if we can make, the, make it so that uh, it's easier for them to come racing, or heck, we're lowering our price of gas even as well. So – we make those things available as a convenience. We do the things we have to do to make sure that uh, people can come and race and, and uh, not have to feel like they can't compete. They come out to have fun. This is their hobby. This is their golf. And so right. we want them to come out and have a good time. And especially since when you mentioned that um, about paying the purses the same night, these drivers live week to week on being able to have that money to buy fuel and oil and tires and and equipment and, you know, helmets and roll cages and fire suits and stuff like that that they have to replace year after year. They need that money right then and there to revamp their outfits and their uh, cars and everything else so they can be competitive week to week. So that's a good thing that you're going to be doing on that aspect of it. Um, And you have a big ad campaign intended to market the track. What does that involve? Well, you know, the the advertising for the racetrack the past few years has pretty much been non-existent. You know, we have a Facebook page and, you know, the hard workers who worked at the racetrack, you know, they, they just did their best with what they had every year. And so, you know, we understand that we're going to have to, to, to utilize uh, some traditional media, whether it's television, radio, uh, newspaper, um, local newspapers, um, and also in, 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 in implements as well as embrace the social media's uh, capabilities that we had never have in the past. So maybe spending right. money with Facebook, spending money with, 
with some different uh, some different opportunities for uh, some social media, and just also just doing the things that don't cost anything, going to the things to do sections and just submitting that the Speedrome has racing Saturday night, and they just put that stuff up for free and trying to create strategic partnerships with different media companies as well, whether it's a television station, uh, whether it's radio, whether it's the newspaper in town or local newspapers around little cities around the Speedrome, and just uh-huh. coming up with the different ideas and, and that, you know, it makes it a win-win for not only the racetrack, but also for our partners. Yeah, or, um, you know, I mean, dare to see even a local podcast can help you out as well, too. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> so we're going to embrace all those things, and, and, uh, and you know, we want to tell the story. We want to tell uh, everybody about the speed drum. I mean, I can't tell you how many times when I talk to people about how, you know, I'm, 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 I'm the president of the speed drum, the general manager, they're like, Speed drum. I've been there since I was a kid, and I'm talking to 40 and 50 year olds who are telling you this. I'm like, come on, the speed drum's been around for so many years, and the racing right. is as good as ever. I mean, I tell people, you know, I've been watching speed drum racing for 35 years now, and I still will jump out of my seat for an incredible close, you know, uh, intersection, you know, maneuver at the at the figure eight at the crossover. I mean. It is great. It's low-cost entertainment. It's fun to do on a Saturday night. It's great people watching. I mean, there's so many positive aspects about the speed drum that make it entertaining. You know, I mean, we, we definitely can't compete with the movies and the, and the sporting events and all the entertainment options out there. We just got to tell our story and get it out that people know that we're out here, that, that there's this little gym of a racetrack on the southeast side of Indianapolis. We are 10 minutes from downtown. I mean, there's yeah. so many cool aspects about that that just haven't been told. And, you know, I understand I'm a businessman as well. I understand that old ownership, they didn't have to do those types of things. And they still made their money. They were happy. Well, I just see bigger and greater things for the racetrack. And that if you just take the time to invest and take the time to tell your story and bring other passionate people on board with you, that you can, that the speed room can be, a Bowman Gray Stadium type of place here for right. the next three to yep. five years. Uh-huh. And uh, finally, one last question before we wrap it up. What kind of sponsorships are you looking for to ensure the future growth of the track? Well, that's uh, that's great, and we love to uh, we love to kind of create a, be creative with our advertising and our sponsorship partnerships. And we don't really try to call people sponsors; we do try to call them partners. And so, you know, I've uh, I've done a lot of advertising sales for the racetrack since 2002, and so I, um, kind of, I've I've kind of been the creator of uh, some of the things that we've done in the past. So, uh, I think I believe that the Speed Zone was the very first short track in Indiana. I know in Indiana we were the first track to have a title sponsor, a short track. I want to say that, and I haven't ever seen it differently, that I don't think a short track in the country had a title sponsor. And, you know, before 2003, that's when we had our first title sponsor. So title sponsorship, trying to find that entitlement sponsorship that, um, you know, is something that can, you know, look outside of the three-year window, but trying to come up with something that's that generational 20-year type of sponsorship, the type that you see with the Lucas Oil Stadium, or just finding the right partner for that. Where's our our divisional sponsorships, our nightly sponsorships, the sponsorship for our World Figure Eight Championship, um, 
the sponsorship, you know, for our newest events that we've created. We've, uh, we're going to have Monster Truck Show in June for the first time, uh, June 3rd and June 4th. We have our we have our ninety our new ninety minute race that we've got uh, created for the night before the five hundred called the Spring Shootout, which is going to be run underneath the World Figure Eight rules package, running on the big tires and all the unlimited things that the World Figure Eight cars can do. So that's going to be a lot of fun as well. So um, you know, though all those all those uh, those those opportunities are available. And then you know what's so great about racing in the speed realm and and just in, in, in general is that we can be as creative as we want to be. There is no box. You know, people say, think outside the box. Well, look, there is no box because it's, it's whatever you want to do, come up with something really fun and creative, exciting that works for your business. And so that's the types of things that we're doing. You know, I, I honestly haven't pushed sponsorship too hard this off season like I would have had in the past because this right. off season has all been about creating the racetrack and getting it ready to go for April 1st, which is just in mm-hmm. 11 days. I'm going to help everybody listening. I'm inviting you to come out. The Speed Realm is going to be an awesome, awesome time for for your families, for your friends. Come out, experience what we've, what, what we've done, what we're doing, and tell friends. The word of mouth is going to be huge for us this year. Definitely. And uh, besides word of mouth, where can people find out about more? Um, where can find out? Where can they find out more about the Indianapolis Speed Room? Well, we've got a great website with a lot of our information at www.speedroom.com. Google Speed Room, there's a lot of great pictures on the website, uh, out on the Internet. Uh, there's a really some really cool YouTube things that uh, the old owner, John Stiles, has posted. There's some I just saw 16-millimeter footage from the – early 70s from the speed drum that I had never seen before. That just got posted on YouTube a couple of weeks ago. So wow. there's a lot of great information out there, and they can always give us a call at the, at the track number at 317-353-8206. But the best resource is speeddrome.com, and also our Facebook page has just has exploded. And since November, we've added almost 3,000 people to our Facebook page in terms of likes and shares. So we've had a, just an explosive, explosive growth. Over 90, almost 9,200 people now who follow us on Facebook. That's awesome. Um, and uh, this podcast will be shared on social media as well. So anyone who missed the podcast Excellent. tonight will be able to catch it. Um, uh, as early as tonight or tomorrow, they'll be able to catch it again if they missed anything. Um so, Jonathan Bird, it's been my pleasure to have you on this episode of Off the Beaten Track. And uh, good luck on opening day on April 1st. Well, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for having me. And we are just really excited about all the things that the future of the Speedrome has to offer. Awesome. Have a great night. You too, man. Thanks so much. This has been Off the Beaten Track, a podcast on Blog Talk Radio. To have your track, team, or racing event on our show, just email otbtpodcast at gmail.com. That's otbtpodcast at gmail.com. Or check us out on Facebook at Off the Beaten Track. Thanks for listening. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.